Time now to talk a little college football with Riley Jensen. He's coming to us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm curious, Riley. You know, you run the camps and the coaches, uh, part of the recruiting process, they want access to you and what you know about kids and kids' work habits and all that kind of stuff. So you end up with access that a lot of media members don't get. What kind of dirt are you hearing that the average media member can't report right now because they don't know? <laughs> uh, there's not, you know what? This isn't the time of year where I get a lot of the dirt. Um, I would say right now that overall I feel like high school coaches, players, and those sorts of things are probably <clears> – <throat> feeling more attention than they've had in a long time from, you know, Utah State, Utah, BYU, and they feel pretty good about recruiting because it can go sideways pretty quick if guys aren't paying attention to them. And so I think I think the thing that I would say is that there's, there's not a ton of dirt. This isn't the time of year where I'm hearing a lot of things, but it is the time of year where you're like, God, you know, so-and-so came by this summer, so-and-so came by and looked, this guy's looking at our kids, and it just, it feels good overall to me as far as those schools getting out and recruiting people and doing a good job of getting, I guess what you would call touches at different high schools and talking to the different coaches, because the, the, the high school coaches talk a lot, hey, is this guy coming by your school, and this guy coming by your school, and if you have a, if you have a guy that's being recruited, that's usually like a no-brainer. It's usually the schools that you can figure out are, well, God, I know I don't have any guys this year, but they're just not going to show up if I don't have any guys. And they could ask my opinion on some of these guys that we're playing against. you know. And so I think, I think overall, like a lot of the coaches are pretty happy with what's going on. When I talk to you about Zach Wilson down in Provo, you look at him, he's had the surgery, he hasn't been hit. I don't know that he's participated in every single drill, all the drills. I don't know that he's participated in every single practice. So how much concern do you have that he'll be ready? And then even if he is ready, he might not be 100%. And what happens not when, not if, excuse me, not if, but when he takes a hit to that shoulder? Well, interestingly enough, there, there's, there's a huge psychological portion to, to sports injury, right? And so when – when you're talking about what's going on with Zach, there's there's a, there's a damaged labrum. He's on a pitch count. I think they're doing a lot of the things right. Quarterbacks don't really get hit in practice anyway. I mean, I, you know, I'll, I always laugh when people are like, "Well, you know, he's not getting hit in practice, or he's done it. They don't they don't take any hits." And I'm like, "Well, yeah. I mean, that's just that's just normal protocol all the way down through like little league now. I mean, in in high school, we don't." We don't let kids hit our quarterback. Um, we're, we're trying to keep that position healthy no matter what. Now, the, the psychological part that comes into this is he has been injured. He, he has been on a pitch count. My guess is, is that he went, into, he went into fall camp about 85%. If he's anywhere between 90 and 95% by the time he starts it, look, those are really ambiguous numbers, right? Like, you're feeling like pretty good except for maybe on one or two throws if you're at 85%. So he's on a pitch count. They're doing things right. But there's a huge 
there's a huge moment for every injured player where they have to stress that injury or they have to go through something that that delivers a blow or delivers something and the injury holds up. It's almost, you know, and, and sometimes with a quarterback it can take two games or three games before they actually get hit or take, like, some sort of blow that gives them the confidence that, like, hey, my injury held up. I feel great. I can let it whip. You know, I've, I, I work with all kinds of athletes that, that, that go through this, this kind of psychology of injury. And it's until they stress that injury and that injury holds up, I don't feel like they're totally whole until that, until that situation happens. And at the quarterback position, I mean, like really getting hit on the labrum or really like stressing yourself on a rollout and you really throw the ball downfield and you're trying to let it, you're trying to let it fly and you feel the pain or you feel the stretch of that labrum or that, or that, you know, that, that area, um, it's going to be hard for him to feel completely 100% confident until he's like really let it whip and it, and it holds up for him. So if you were the offensive coordinator and you were calling the plays, would you run him early to make sure he gets hit so he just gets over that and gets it out of his head? <laughs> would you have him throw a deep ball early in the game for the same reason? Uh, so I, I do that with quarterbacks anyway. Uh, I, maybe not a deep ball. I, I almost – I'll almost always run the quarterback or give him an opportunity to take a hit early just to get just to get that out of your system, right? And um, as far as the deep ball goes, I don't think that they're going mean, to – I just don't think you really think about it. If, if you feel like he's good enough to start, you're just going to call the plays that you need to call. But interestingly enough, I do feel like it's important for a quarterback to get hit early just to kind of like get into the game and, and feel like, okay, I took a hit, like it's on, you know, and now I just got to focus on what I need to do. So I would not be surprised to see an offensive coordinator, you know, run him on, not, not like an up the middle type of run, but maybe there's a rollout pass where he can run and, and kind of take a hit as he's going out of bounds just to, just to kind of get him like focused back in, like, okay, you're a football player. You know how to do this. And, and look, we're talking about this and there's a psychology to Zach Wilson that I think is different than a lot of guys. I think, I think he's got a little bit of an it factor. I think he's, I think he's a football player. I think he, I think his mindset is, is even at 80%, he's better than 95% of quarterbacks in America. So I, there's, there's a part to him that we're talking about psychologically that, that isn't very weak. I mean, he's a he's a pretty strong kid mentally, in my opinion. All right, with that in mind, though, being a strong kid mentally, which I would agree for based on people that I've spoken to back from his high school days to now, I'm wondering, do you think there'll be any residual effect mentally over the fact that he's had this surgery and he hasn't been hit, and so we really don't know how it's going to be until he takes that hit? Well... <clears throat> The good news about the good news about Zach, if you're if you're a BYU fan, is he's been injured before. He got injured his senior year and missed three or four games because of an ankle. So he's he's been through this sort of a process before. Now last year he didn't miss any games for BYU. It was a postseason surgery. He did miss spring ball, but I think that was a you know I think they decided to do that. And so to me. I think he knows some of the process. He knows some of the things that he needs to go to 
when he's been injured and that mentally he's going to be able to work through some of these things fairly easy. He played at a super high level after coming back from the injury in high school. I don't anticipate that there's going to be any major things going on with, with him coming back from an injury to his shoulder or to his labrum, excuse me. Riley Jensen joins us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We can ask a lot of these injury questions about uh, Tyler Huntley. Uh, are any of the, are any of your thoughts any different there? Um, no, not not much. I mean, injury across the board is is difficult for athletes for a lot of different reasons. One of them, one of the psychological reasons is that there's kind of a withdrawal from team um, that's perceived by the injured athlete, and it usually the withdrawal that that takes place is usually from the athlete, not the team. Um, and they have an expectation of like what they should be treated like when they're injured. And so the only thing that I would be thinking as far as Tyler Huntley is, you know, how much did he withdraw? Is he back with the team? Did he, you know, did he ever feel like he wasn't part of the team as they were going through their Pac-12 championship run? And all indications to me from the people that I've talked to is that He's back, he's strong, he's leading the team and doing the things that he needs to do. So I just get the impression that he's ready to go as well. Look, you know, when you play quarterback, when you play the quarterback position, it's if you're not somewhat mentally tough, that position will chew you up. And I, I don't think Tyler Huntley or Jordan Love or, or Zach Wilson are not up to the challenge. I, I think all three of them are – are, are high-quality quarterbacks for different reasons. Yeah, because I analyze quarterbacks and because I do those sorts of things, like, I can be a little bit nitpicky. But, I mean, if you're, if you're just backing up to the 30,000-foot level, I mean, these are three high-quality quarterbacks in the state right now. And in fact, I could argue that it's the three high-quality quarterbacks that we've had in a while in the state of Utah. Yeah, I would argue that for you. I agree with you. I agree on that concept. And you have... Huntley, being the only one of them, is a senior. And, you know, he has a fair amount of experience, obviously. But Utah's never had this much expectation, particularly certainly in the Pac-12, nor has it had this much at stake. So with that in mind, my thought is Kyle Whittingham dials it down even more offensively because of what's at stake, given the fact that they're expected to go to the Rose Bowl at the minimum. Maybe not at the minimum. Certainly expected to win the South at the minimum. So with that in mind, and given the fact that it is great defense, how much do you expect that he turns even more conservative? Well, I mean, there's a, there's kind of a saying amongst coaches and, and players, and well, mostly among coaches, that you know, when coaches feel pressure or if coaches feel, you know, like a certain amount of expectation, generally they, they kind of go back to their default settings, right? So right. If, you're, if you're working with, if you're working with, you know, a double wing school and he tells you like, yeah, we're opening it up for your son and, and we're going to throw the ball more because your son is, is a great thrower, and then he gets into a tight game, guess what he's going back to? It's double wing when he's under pressure. And if you got a wishbone coach, he does the same thing. And if you got a West Coast coach, he does the same thing. And Kyle, and, and by the way, this is not a criticism on Kyle. Like, this is a super successful coach that has a formula for winning. But his formula has been play really good defense and play special teams 
don't make the quarterback position an all-encompassing thing that you can only win if you have a good quarterback and run the ball, take care of the football. And I could see, I could see that in certain games he'll he'll kind of not feel pressure because he'll feel like they they have a good chance to win that game. But in big games, I I would absolutely expect that he would double down on really good defense play good special teams and take care of the football offensively which when when coaches say that that's code for run the freaking ball (laughs) when they say take care of the football it means run the ball run the ball run the ball yep so kyle after the scrimmage it was closed to the media uh talked about how uh He's got a wide receiver now who is a big-time deep threat as good as anybody in the country. And when you hear that, I wonder what you think. And not just the words, but listen to the confidence in the tone as well. He is a legit deep threat, as, as legit a deep threat as there is in the country. One of the, one of, you know, one of the, one of the best deep threats in the country. He's blazing fast. Jalen Dixon right there, one of the best deep threats in the country. What do you think when you hear that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> Look, he there, there's a lot of moving parts to being the head coach, right? And I think almost every year he he is probably so tired of the wide receiver question. I mean, it feels like it's the same questions every year. It feels like it's the, almost the same answers every year. Now he hasn't give he hasn't given that particular answer. But I mean, that's that's a new one that maybe he came up with to like keep the dogs off for a while. Like I, to me, I think the wide receivers need to be good. I think the wide receivers ought to be good. I think they're also a position that he's probably got to make them feel a little bit confident. Because my guess is, with Andy Ludwig and with the things that 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 we can deduce from Andy Ludwig and and Coach Witt. That they're running the ball in practice, and you got you got you got to do some things publicly in the media and some different things to keep wide receivers happy. If you're running the ball a lot, I mean, my guess is is that this team is at the minimum going to be a 60% run, 40% uh, passing team. And so, yeah, you want to be able to say that you have a deep threat, so that this guy feels like, well. If I'm not getting a ton of catches, at least I'm going to get some over the top. And you want to say you have a deep threat so that if everybody in the world thinks you're going to run the ball, that, yeah, you're going to run the ball, but I'm also going to, I'm also going to throw the ball deep on you if you come and put nine in the box type of thing. So, look, I, uh, right now, like comments from coaches, um, they're tired. They're, they're going through and they're thinking about a lot of different things. Sometimes people ask them questions about things they don't want to talk about. And don't think that Kyle's not good with the media and not seasoned with the media. Now he knows he knows he knows the drill and he knows what he's going to say. So to me, that answer, as exciting as it may be to Utah fans, um, it may be true or it may be not, it may not be true. I think there's when I'm listening to him speak, there's a lot of coach speak that goes on with him, especially in the in the preseason, and to me. It may be true, right? He may really believe that, but I think he's just throwing things out there to to get through interviews and to get back on track to what he wants to do, which is look at film, evaluate players, and get to where they want to go um, this early in the season. How good can you be at the deep ball 
in terms of how many times you need to practice it to be good at it and actually well, use it in a game. That's an interesting question because, um, you know, depending on the style of offense that you use, I mean, really good offenses, if you really break it down, aren't going deep that often. And, and in fact, if you're going, if you're if you have a legit four throws that are that are over twenty yards in a game, and you complete two of those, you're gonna feel you're gonna feel really good about that game. I mean, you're, you're talking about a fifty percent. You went two for four on throws over forty yards. You tried to hit a post. You tried to hit a corner. You, you did some different things to to bring the defense up into the box, and then you took advantage of it. So, yes, I think you need to practice it. But I also think a deep ball and those situations are more a function of how well did you run the ball, how well did you set up the, the short throws, so that defenses start get, scooting up and getting greedy, and then and then you take it over the top. And if you're doing those things well, I don't know that you have to practice it that much to be good at it because it's going to be wide open. Like it's it's not even you know the ball it's going to be open. And if a, a college quarterback can't hit that ball without a lot of practice, then he probably shouldn't be starting for you, or you shouldn't have recruited him. But I do think, I do think that the time. I think, I think that the, maybe the more important question is, is, are you throwing the ball enough so that you have good timing in those situations? So, let's take for example, you know, my statement that I think at a minimum they're going to run the ball sixty percent and forty percent. I do think that you need to have a healthy amount of practice so that. When those forty percent of throws happen, when you get to a, a stressful point in the game and you got to have a big throw or you got to have a big completion or a third down conversion, that the timing is there because the passing game, more than anything, and the, more than why you practice it is that timing, right? And so the timing has to be right to be able to throw a dig at twelve yards, put the ball on his face mask, whether he's covered or not, and make that catch and keep the chains moving. So I think. I think the question is, is you do need to practice the passing game enough so that you can have those, those dagger throws at the end of a game that keep, keep drives alive so that you continue to run the ball and that you can continue to run the clock out and kind of flatten the football on teams when you're ahead with this style of a team. So, so yeah, I, I think the question is well-merited. Like, you do need to practice this passing game, but – I have a lot of confidence in Andy Ludwig. I, I've, I've, I've always liked him. I think he's an outstanding coach. And I think you're going to see Huntley be in high, high percentage passing situations um, and that he will have practiced them and that he'll know where to go with the football. And so I, I fully expect that you're going to see a good, a good passing season out of Tyler Huntley because of, because of Andy Ludwig. Riley, it's always good to talk college football with you. We're getting closer and closer. Just a couple weeks now. I know, I know. I can, I can smell it. The crickets are out. I, that's that's one of my indicators all the time. Like you, you sit down, you sit down on your porch at night, you can hear the crickets. They're not usually out all summer. When it when it starts the football season, you can hear the crickets. So when you hear the crickets, don't think of me. Think of football. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Riley. All right, man.